Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Debate podcast by Android Authority, discussing topics in Android every week. This week, we have our first ever episode. So if you are one of our first listeners on this podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I want to extend a quick thanks to our uh, guests here. I am, of course, Joshua Vergara from Android Authority. What's going on, everybody? And I am your host every single week as we take a topic that we otherwise have on the AndroidAuthority.com website for the Friday debate. And we talk its ears off. Or as I said in our description for our pilot episode, if you have uh, hopefully enjoyed it, we beat the proverbial dead horse <laughs> on this topic. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, welcome to all of you who are here. And uh, before we even get started, I want to go down the line and introduce our great guests for this week. I'm going to go ahead and name off uh, the three people we have on the panel this week. We'll start off with our lead editor, Andrew Grush. Hey, everyone. Uh, the name is Andrew Grush, or for those here at Team AA, I'm actually better known as Grushy. Uh, some of you may already be familiar with my writing on Android Authority. I was also on last week's pilot for those who watched it. For those new to the show, I'm the U.S. senior editor, like Josh mentioned. Uh, basically, that means I do a combination of writing, editing, and I help with the day-to-day -day management of the website. I've been with Android Authority for about two and a half years now, and this is absolutely the best job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Nice. And uh, uh, like I also put in the description from the pilot episode from CES 2015, uh, Grush is also the architect of the Friday debate topic that you may be reading on our website. So the topics that uh, are occurring not only on the website, but in the Friday debate podcast itself are going to be the work of Grush and on some level me, but also the rest of our team looking for a great topic to bring to you guys. Let's go ahead and move on over to another writer from our team, Jonathan Feist. Well, hello. Thank you. How's everybody doing? Ah, again, Jonathan Feist. I'm one of the writers with the team here. Uh, of course, uh, we cover all the news coverage. I've got the evening shift, so you'll see me, uh, you know, first thing in the morning if you're in the UK or Asia, and you know, middle of the night if you're in the United States. Uh, now, one of my favorite things around here is every Thursday I do an Android customization post. Uh, just a little bit of, you know, tidbits, tips, and tricks on how to customize your device and. You know, so far we've been avoiding the root topics, but root's coming up soon, so stay tuned. Very nice. And also, Jonathan has a, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? A, uh, uh, not a pet name, but we have a nice little name that we have for him. Last name Feist, so we call him Feisty also. <laughs> so, um, and now, and then of course we have one of our YouTubers, our app guy on over here, Joseph Hindi. Hey everybody, uh, I'm Joe Hendy, the, the Android Authority app guy. I am also the apps editor over at Android Authority. I do all the app lists and app reviews and video game reviews. Um, like Greshi said, man, this is the, the best job ever because I literally get paid to play video games. And uh, I know a lot of people are envious about that. And um, a, a fun little uh, fun fact here. With this, I will have co-hosted or been a guest on every single Android Authority Weekly show, and I remain the only YouTuber to do that. So oh. super happy to be here. Oh, nice. It's, well, it's really great to have you guys on here. By the way, I was about to say, uh, having Joe on here is going to be really awesome. We're going to have probably this particular group uh, on most weeks, but we will have some roving guests in and out uh, as time goes on. But nonetheless, we are here on our first episode, and I'm really happy to have Joe here because uh, he and I actually have done a lot of YouTube videos together where... Typically, when I have to do the editing for it, I have to have that bleep button ready <laughs> from time to time. But nonetheless, we are, of course, here at the Friday Debate. And let's go ahead and jump into our topic. Let's not even waste any time. Here is what Grush had for this week's Friday Debate topic that you will be able to read today on Friday, of course. And it has to do with Project Aura. With Aura, 
Project Aura, that is, expected to arrive in Puerto Rico in a pilot program later this year, Aura is finally almost ready for prime time. Or is it? Do we think that modular phones can find success in the market? And I think that's where most of our discussion is going to come from. But if it isn't ready for the market to find success, what will hold it back? All right, so what we're looking at here is uh, basically a phone that you can put together on the fly and you can take out parts, you can put parts back into it, and it's a different take on what a smartphone can be, very, very, uh, very similar to what a computer can be. But it's starting off in Puerto Rico, and I know Andrew already said that he had a couple of uh, pieces of information about why Puerto Rico was that place. Sure, okay, so uh, really Puerto Rico might seem odd choice at first, but the biggest thing is it's a U.S. territory, mm -hmm. so that means uh, it's the perfect test market because uh, you know it's still under the FCC, you know, regulations and stuff, and so that means that uh, they can kind of prepare it for the U.S. market in a limited setting. Uh, and beyond that, actually, Puerto Rico is a mobile-first nation, meaning that uh, the majority of people are using uh, smartphones to get onto the internet, and so that makes it you know a prime target. Uh, and you know, it's because of the way Puerto Rico set up, uh, they're actually going to be delivering parts uh, instead of having a uh, online channel initially they're going to deliver it through food trucks actually they're going to have a set of food trucks they're going to go around and let people try out the uh, products hands-on and then buy products and heck they're even going to have 3d printers in the back so they're gonna be able to customize it on the fly and uh, puerto rico just really works out well for that uh, not to mention uh, puerto rico has really good relationships as far as with uh, shipping across the world so modular developers from all over are going to be able to easily get parts there and so that's kind of the uh, reason why they chose Puerto Rico. It might sound like an odd choice, but it makes sense. Oh, okay. Well, food trucks. That's... Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you going to be able to get food with them, or is it literally... No, they're, well, obviously, they're not really food trucks, but, you know, the, the you know the style of food trucks that you have in, the, you know, those countries where they come... You know, it's going to be one of those, basically, except for it's going to be technology. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, Puerto Rico does make uh, quite a bit of sense, but let's go ahead and get into our actual discussion. Modular phones, and specifically uh, Project Aura. Uh, let's start off with uh, Joe over there. Let's see what you have to say about modular phones and what it might mean for the smartphone industry um when i think of like modular phones i think of like desktop pcs like what desktop pcs are to computing is essentially what i think project r would be to smartphones where like people you know it's not i don't think it's going to be super popular um i think it might hit the mainstream but i don't think it's going to have the kind of growth that we see with um things like uh you know oh i'm sorry i'm blanking here it's a uh, midnight where i am so i'm a little <laughs> blank right now but uh Am I still am I still in the call? Yeah, no, you're here. All right, cool. Yeah, Making sure because like, yeah, everything blanked out for a second. Sorry. Um, but no, I think it's going to be something like desktop computers, where you know the, the people who are going to use Project Aura are people who are tinkers, you know, people who really want something more powerful, something upgradable, uh, you know, something that they can keep around for years and years and years, as opposed to you know most people who are going to upgrade every couple of years like they do with their laptops. Um, I do think that the thing that's going to hold it back though is. Android as in like the operating system because uh, in most cases Android is made for the specific phone that it runs on at like a, a, at a kernel level like uh, all the drivers the camera drivers the you know the CPU stuff and all that stuff is made specifically for that one Android device and if they want Aura to you know you know to, to be something that people keep for years and years and years they're gonna have to start coming out with like a version of Android that's like a desktop operating system that has all of those drivers already there and they can just install it on anything and uh, so I think that's the that's gonna be the big thing for for it but that's you know I might be way off base I'm not 100% certain on that but well I was gonna I, about it. I was gonna put out this notion like 
doesn't the ecosystem sort of already um, allow for um, sort of the in and outs of an operating system along with the processor? Because we have processors like the Snapdragon series that uh, can be outfitted with every single band and it also would be able to take on pretty much any Android iteration. Um, if as long as we don't use uh, particular types of processors that require a very specific type of kernel, don't you think that maybe just having the Qualcomm basis uh, enough uh, be enough for Android to to really survive on this Project R ecosystem? Oh no, definitely. Like we're heading in that direction already. You know, well, with the like you said, with the Qualcomm processors that have all of the um, all the various radio bands built into it. But you know, uh, I, we were talking about it before the show. You know, like uh, or in the chats about how you know, like there's going to be the K1. Uh, the K1 processor for yeah, Project R, right? That's true. So, yeah. yeah. So we have Nvidia's K1 and then Snapdragon, and you know the, it requires two different sets of you know two different sets of software. So you know in order to you know switch one out and put one in, you know it would essentially require someone to reinstall Android, unless Android were able you know to be run on both you know no matter which one you installed it on, it would still work just fine. Kind of like you know how you do with Windows now, where you can install it on AMD or Intel. It doesn't matter yeah. because you know the basic code is there for both of them, and I think that's something that Android's going to have to do uh, with so many different you know, especially with stuff like cameras, and then you know the, at least two different kinds of processors, and you know all the various hardware that goes into these things. You know, it's going to have to come to that point where it's going to be like installing a desktop OS, where it doesn't matter what's in Project Aura, it's still going to boot and it's still going to run. Yeah. And and I think that's going to be the, you know, the biggest hurdle, although, you know, if it's getting this close to being released, it's probably something they've already been working on anyway. Yeah, they have. Okay. Um yeah, how about you, Grushy? How do you, how do you feel about uh maybe one day using a phone that is a a conglomeration of pieces? <laughs> well, as a computer nerd who still builds his own, you know, PC rigs, uh I absolutely love the idea. Uh but first I I kind of want to address uh, some of the things that uh that Joe said. Uh first of all, uh Yes, I can see it being appealing to uh, the PC type, you know, who likes to build their own stuff. But actually, that's not what Google's really going for. Uh, ideally, if you look at like their website and stuff, they keep talking about how it's they want to use it to reach, you know, the next five billion. You know, that's their big mantra. And uh, the idea is that you know someone who doesn't have a lot of money could uh, you know buy the base unit for around fifty bucks, and then uh, it would basically just come with a a basic processor, a screen that would be low res, and just everything needed to get started. And then as they saved up money, they could slowly but surely add on things. And that's, they're actually probably marketing more towards emerging markets initially. Hmm. Uh, and so that's, you know, and I'm not sure how much success they'll find in that. Uh, it really comes down to how easy they make it. And actually that leads to something else he was talking about. Uh, it comes down to Android. Because even with Windows, uh, you know, you have to, if you bring in a new part, uh, you know, you have to still, there's driver issues, there's installation issues, sometimes you run into troubleshooting. Is Android going to be able to adjust to that well enough? And, uh, you know, they are working on it. They have a special version of Android L that they're using as the basis that allows for hot swapping of parts. But I'm just not sure if Android is designed to handle this. And I'm sure they're thinking about that. But uh, So, basically, what I'm saying is that uh, the, the aim that they're going for is the emerging markets. And I'm just not sure if it's going to hit there. But I do think it has some potential for uh, the nerd types. Uh, you know, it's just it comes down to logistics. I'm not sure if they can pull off, you know, making the uh, Android work well enough for this kind of, you know, platform. Well, I mean, that emerging markets uh, comment is really interesting. We're going to come back to that. But I do want to get uh, Feisty's uh, uh, thoughts on Project Aura in general. What, what, what do you think um, this particular ecosystem might have to offer us? 
Well, jumping off of what the other guys have said already, uh, uh, you know exactly with the operating system and Android itself being the limitation. Of course, Google is keeping tabs on everything, and it looks like they're going to control all of the parts through possibly the Play Store or another outlet like that. Uh, so I'm not so much worried about that. Uh, you know, the custom OS, the version of L, like you were saying, that uh, would pull it all together. Uh, but I think the real key thing here that will make or break Project Aura is the hot swappability. Uh, obviously, it's going to have it, which is a, is a positive. Without it, I, I cannot imagine people wanting to you know, shut down their device each time so that they can swap a piece and, and move forward. That hot swappability will be a key factor. Uh, you know, the, the tech crowd that's interested in this device, that I think is going to be pretty much the same crowd as you know, those interested in uh, the Raspberry Pi device and uh, the Arduino kits. And you know, those things are great devices, they're a ton of fun, but I really think they're limited in scope. It's not, uh, not exactly a general public that's going out and buying those things. So I, I have my concerns over Aura. Yeah, I think I might uh, agree with you, uh, John, because I think one of, the, one of the main aspects of the whole modular phone uh, type deal is that well, I mean, customization is going to be very big for this particular device. And uh, like people have been reporting on already, uh, the whole customization process for it kind of takes on a Moto Maker feel. And that's kind of great because Moto Maker really made the Moto X one of the best phones over the last couple of years. But the problem with making it into a modular sense is that, well, who knows what type of modules we're going to even have in order to create the phone that we want. And um, who knows what will happen when third parties kind of get in on this. Will everything come from just one manufacturer? And even then, what modules are going to be made available? Because from, uh, from what we've already seen so far in these prototypes is that we have things like the Tegra K1, which actually sounds pretty awesome, even though the X1 was just, uh, was just announced and that would be even better. But uh, we have 720p displays and whatnot. And coming off of uh, Andrew's side of things, I do think that it will become a nice emerging market product, but I don't think that's where it's going to really, I think it's going to greatly evolve from that. I mean, when we talk about price point, uh, everyone's saying that a modular phone could be low priced, but if you want to go above and beyond, just how much are we going to have to pay for these different, for these different uh, parts? Well, if I can jump back in there, uh, I, I cannot stop thinking about Google Glass. You know, the... You know, the, the pilot project for that one, uh, you know, Explorer Edition, was still $1,500. And, you know, it, it, you might think that uh, Project Aura and Pro Project Glass have about the same chances of survival. And, well, Glass is essentially being shut down here for a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's nice that it's going to be in Puerto Rico. I do think that's a good thing because, you know, that, that kind of makes it seem like... Uh, that it's going to be for emerging markets, but I really don't think that it's ever going to stay there. Um, people, there's there's going to be phone envy no matter what. But um, like as far as these 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 modules are concerned, we haven't seen too many of them yet. What are the what what, what would a phone uh, look like with all of the modules that you would want to have in there? We already have a lot of examples in the smartphone market of these high end devices. But what of these parts would you mix and match together? Let's let's start off with Andrew on that one. Well, as far as uh, you can mix and match just about anything, there's different sizes, and uh, it goes onto uh, the back, and uh, there's a magnetic force that keeps them in place. I think the front uses pins, but the back is where most of the customization happens. Hmm. And uh, there's going to be initially around 20 to 40 different modules, and uh, it's not just going to be like processors and RAM. There's also going to be like different kinds of sensors, you know, uh, things that could be specialized for workplaces, but things that could be specialized for 
home use. And, uh, you know, the base, which is what gets me concerned, how they're going to make all that work. But, uh, yeah, basically they're going to allow you to swap any kind of part. And any, basically there's no limits to what a, uh, uh, what someone can develop for it, which is a fascinating concept. But, uh, once again, logistics, I think, is going to get in the way. Yeah. How are they going to manage all this? How are they going to make sure everything's working right? You know, like uh, Feisty did mention that, you know, they're going to do this through a storefront at some point, which is true. But even so, just testing all of it for all the different configurations. Because you have, you know, let's say at some point you have 100 different modules. They're going to have to test each of these in different scenarios with different pairings. And I just, I think it's going to be a mess. I think it's a great idea, but I think it's going to be a mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, was, that was something that I kept thinking of while we were talking about this, was just what will, what will the other manufacturers have to say? And will Project Aura be strictly a Google project that isn't, well, isn't, isn't really outsourced out? You know what I mean? They're allowing anyone, but uh, the, the frames initially are going to be built by Google. So, the, you know, the main frame, the Spiral 2 is the, the newest one. That's going to be by Google, but the modules can be by anyone. Uh, but what I'm really, you know, you were talking about how uh, you could see it moving into, you know, outside of the emerging markets, which is true. But uh, the big concern there is uh, how carriers will react mm. and how will they play a part. Are they going to get in, on board where they're designing their own modules? I could see Verizon doing that, having giant Verizon logos everywhere on the back of the modules. Oh, you know, but uh, God, that'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the Verizon bloatware module. <laughs> yep. Oh, my oh God. God, God, that'd be terrible. How great would that be though if the, if all of the bloatware from like AT and T or Verizon was just on one little module that you could just you could just pluck out? Oh, dude. Yeah, good luck with I, that. I just had a great video idea. If they do do that, we have to do the smash the Verizon bloat module video. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll volunteer to do it. I have a sledgehammer. <laughs> I think people would really love that. I think that'd be great. But I, I, I love I love where that's going. Like the, 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 the that's, that's the thing that I can't get out of my head when I keep thinking about Project Aura is they're just... It, there's so much room for creativity and creation, but there's also so much room for regulation. And I, I'm really scared of what you're right. These carriers would do with Project R. That's where I think the major pitfall. They're not gonna would be. like it. They're not gonna like it, huh? You don't think so? Not at all. I mean, unless they can find a way to control it, and I'm not sure. It kind of comes down to what Google, you know, allows them to do or doesn't allow them to do. But the idea of having to, you know, certify all these parts and make sure they're approved is Verizon. It's going to be bad for the carriers like Verizon, but it's going to be bad for consumers too. I think in a way because. Uh, you know, are, uh, is Verizon going to have lockouts where only certain modules work that they've approved for their network? Because, you know, Verizon is one, you know, and so is AT&T, they all are, uh, where they like to test everything very, you know, vigorously. And if it doesn't meet their standards, and so are they going to allow any old module to work with it? That's where it gets, you know, at first, I'd say into the very foreseeable future, probably five, ten years, I think it's going to be an unlocked only thing. I don't think carriers are going to even be involved. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot. Of, I imagine people are going to have just like the skeleton available because that might be all they can afford at the moment. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then just kind of put things in little by little. Um, Joe, any anything to weigh in on here about availability, rather, of Project Aura given carriers and whatnot? Uh, I think uh, I think Groshi's pretty much right. I think it's going to be one of those unlocked things. It's going to be just like the Nexus was when it first came out. You know, the Nexus one was only unlocked. You could only really buy that, you know, from Google's website. And then, you know, it wasn't until, what was it, like the Nexus S that you could actually buy it on a carrier. Mm. Um, I, I think it's going to be exactly the same thing with Project R. I think it's going to be one of those things where you have to buy it straight from Google. You're going to have to buy the parts, at least the initial parts, straight from Google. Um, 
and then as it evolves, it'll start falling into more hands. You start getting it in more places. But no, I think Rushy's absolutely correct on this on that one. <coughs> so I want to, if you don't mind, I, w- I wouldn't mind posing a question. Go actually. for it. Man. Yeah, any of you guys, seriously, just like uh, chime in whenever you wish. So you know, I, I I've heard you all say, hey, it's a cool idea. You know, for the nerd side of me to be able to build parts, how much would you be willing to pay for such a you know for such a thing? I mean, what would you consider like for the base, uh, for the processors? I mean, how much? To build the phone you want, how much would you be willing well, to sink well, in? This requires a lot of knowledge as to how much these parts are even required. Of course, how much true. I'm just saying, you know, them. ballpark. I mean, you, do you feel that you know it sh- that to build a complete phone, should it be pretty close to what you're paying for a flagship, or are you willing to pay you know a thousand plus? Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's really interesting. How about um, how about with the price that you kind of put out there? What 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 are the modules you would put in that hopefully create that price point? How about that? Um. Gotcha. You know, I, from my perspective, it would depend on, on the benefits. Because, you know, you go and dump $1,500 into a desktop, and you're going to be able to play, like, the latest games at, you know, flawless 1080, sometimes even, you know, 2K, 4K at, you know, 30, 60 frames per second, depending. You know, and it's it, there's value in spending that much in a desktop PC. And even, you know, spending twenty you know $2,000 on a laptop, uh, you know, there's value in that. And I think the question, it's not necessarily like, what would you pay uh, to build a Project Aura phone? But I think the better question is, um, what value is there in spending that much more? Because I know that one of the things, you know, as uh, Grushy mentioned, like for workplace. So like, you know, if you're a handyman and you can turn your, you know, all right, this is a horrible example. I want to go with it anyway. But you can turn your phone into like a Geiger counter by popping in a module, you know, that that person would probably be able. To, yeah, I would definitely pay you know two hundred dollars for a Geiger counter module. But you know, for me, you know, I'm a gamer. Uh, all you know, all flagship Android phones currently play all of the games. So you know, what's the benefit to spending extra money if I'm not going to get any extra benefit from anything that's out right now? Yeah, I think it's it's it does matter whether or not a let's say mid range phone it doesn't cost more than current mid range offerings. And I think that's that's going to be sort of a key when it comes to whether or not this kind of ecosystem is going to be uh, successful, at least from the outset. Feisty, what does a uh, what does a uh, what does a Project Aura phone look like for you at what price point? Ah, uh, see, this is a tough one. Uh, I've thought about this a, a lot actually, and there is no possible way for me to build a Project Aura device. You know, I would need a 14-inch tablet to have enough space for all of the pieces that I want. <laughs> nice. And and I think that uh, you know that speaks again to the hot swappability of the pieces. However, uh, you know, just at, at Christmas time here, I, I picked up a few little phones. I mean, they were thirty dollars a piece. Uh, wrote about them on the site. They're actually pretty good little phones, and, and I'm using them for a specific purpose. You know, one is an MP3 player. One takes pictures. You know, they're. I've already got these cheap devices. They're set to the side. They're focus driven. I think if I were building a Project R device, I'd, I might have to buy or build more than one so that, again, I can have these multiple devices with, with specific purpose. Um, so that becomes a problem for me because, well, like you're saying, price tag, if every module is anywhere from you know $20 to $300, it, that price tag can be over 1000 in no time. Yeah, I just really think that it's the, the price will rocket so easily when it comes to a lot of these parts, you know? And, and, and you were talking about having different phones for different, or different devices for different situations. I mean, isn't that the, sort of the point of a modular phone, however, is being able to take out, let's say, 
a uh, let, let's say you take out like oh I was thinking about in Joe's case you know what if you wanted to really test out an app for performance you would take out his Snapdragon 600 which costs let's say $200 and then pop in the Tegra X1 that hopefully one day will come in you know and then you can really do some benchmarking on an app um, you, you really think you would need more than one skeleton for, for everything you do Feist? Yes absolutely I'm as is, I'm already using more than one phone, and they serve different purposes. And I mean, wow. again, I'm holding down 16 different jobs. Okay, not that many, but it feels like it some days. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, you can only install so many Google accounts onto a single device. And, you know, while one device is making a phone call, you need that next device to be doing something else. And then, you know, if you're using one device as an MP3 player, it's on the other side of the room, it's hooked up to the stereo, you're not taking calls on that. Uh, so, you know, one device, one Project R device with hot swappable pieces, again, not for me, maybe as one of my devices, even my main device. Wow, I wasn't expecting that to be the way that you took it. Like the the, the uh, that's really cool though. That's really cool though that you you know yourself so well as a user to be able to know that. But wow, that's interesting. I imagine you He's have an like an example of uh, an extreme multitasker. Exactly. You have like you have like a phone for every little task. It's like you have like I imagine you like surrounded by ten phones right now, all doing something different. Uh, uh, there's only six. Sorry. <laughs> only six. <laughs> all right. How about you, Grushy? What is a uh, what, what 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 is your price point for something like this? Honestly, uh, I'm not rich, so it comes down to what I can afford. But you know, I would easily pay eight hundred dollars or so, uh, maybe even a thousand, if I could have enough components for. Where I see the potential in Aura is okay. So I have my base phone. It has you know a Snapdragon, you know eight oh five, eight ten, whatever. By the time I get to it, you know it has a base amount of RAM, three gigs maybe. You know, as basic storage, but you know, I'm gonna go camping this weekend, let's say, and so, you know, I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna have an actual decent camera with me, so I'm not gonna be using the camera on my phone. So I'm gonna take that module out, I'm gonna put in an extra battery or so, I'm gonna move things around, and just the ability to say, hey, now I have two, three, four days of battery life because I've loaded this thing up. Maybe I've put in a weaker processor because I'm not gonna need that, but I want good battery life. So if something happens, I can make a call, make a text. Uh, that's really why I think Aura is amazing. Is you know, you can adjust the phone's hardware based on your use case. You know, there might be times where I need, you know, the best processor and I put that in, or I might need more battery life, or I might need a good camera. And that's where I think Aura will have a lot of potential for the, the nerd type. Uh, for the merging type, it's going to just come down to, hey, I can slowly but surely update this. And they're not going to want to pay a lot. They're not going to need very powerful processors. And I think that Aura can cater to both sides. Yeah. I think that's where the phone envy is going to come in, though. You're going to have those people that are like, oh, I got this Snapdragan 400. I, I keep thinking of Project Aura in terms of what I put in there will make me feel like I have a certain type of phone. So let's say someone makes a Moto G Aura. And, and they uh, they work with that, and one day they're like, okay, uh, I got I got a little bit more money, or I really want this boost in productivity or or, or, or processing power. I'll throw in that Snapdragon 805 and make this a Moto X. And um, I, I do think that that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, benefit to something like that. I also think that. Um, Hopefully, 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 the uh, the price point is going to be very reasonable depending on the parts that you get. Uh, maybe, I really think that they're going to kind of take advantage of that. Uh, the fact that someone doesn't have to pay for everything right away so they can, uh, I guess, overprice certain parts so you have to settle. You know, I, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm a little bit cynical like that. I, I, I'm like that sometimes where um, I really feel like I have to settle for certain parts or certain things before I can really go to the upper echelon. Um 
But it's funny how, you know, I feel like Andrew Grush, uh, the way that you put it, that's really what Google's trying to go for is that whole idea of uh, slowly upgrading. And then Google's probably listening to this right now and thinking Jonathan Feist is not one of those customers that we want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, so let's let, let's let's get a little bit creative here. I want I want to know um, what kind of modules do you want? on your phone. Now, Grush was talking about I don't really need a camera, you know, what what let, let's 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 reach for the brass ring here. What what are the things that you really want on your phone that may have been there before or is not there now? Um, something that you really would want to put on yours. Uh, no no expense spared. You know, it's something I was thinking about while uh while these guys were talking was how cool would it be to have like a module that would allow you to switch like your entire Android experience from say your phone to your smartwatch or to your, you know, Google Glass or something like that. And be like, "Okay, well, I'm done with Google Glass for right now. I'm going to pop this module out, stick it back in my phone, and you know, I have those apps and that data available to me oh. whenever I need it." And I thought that'd be it's something I thought was I was just kind of working with it in my brain. It's literally four minutes old, but you know to have like <laughs> you know ha have a module in my Android Wear smartwatch, pull it out, put, pop it in my phone, you know, install some apps on there, do some customization on, and stuff like that, pop it back out, you know, put it back in the watch, you know, body, you know, a Project Aura Wear, I guess, and it does not roll off the tongue very easily. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> But, you know, and just be able to customize, you know, to, instead of, you know, thinking about one device that you can put everything into, you know, think of it more as like you have two or three devices that you can interchange everything with. Like, you know, something like what Feist would, you know, want, just not with multiple phones, but with just multiple gadgets in general. Like, you know, pop out a module, stick it in your car, and all of a sudden you have access to your Google Play Music, you know, stuff like that. That I thought would be really kind of cool, and that would be something that I would spend a lot of money on. Feisty's probably over there, like, no, that's too much work. When I get in my car, when I get when I get in my car, there's already a phone there. <laughs> yeah, that's the car phone. You, you know it. He's got one on the glued on the dashboard, another one taped on the visor. It pulls it down, and there's the navigation. The story's coming soon. Show you how it's done. Right, uh, I don't think I really want to know the answer to this, but is there one in the bathroom too? <laughs> Ready to go. Oh, that's like that's like the 12 inch uh, Samsung Note tablet. True, like. that's where the tablet comes into play. <laughs> no that, comment. <laughs> that's a great idea, though, being able to hot swap from one apparatus to another. And I'm just trying. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what a Project Auraware would I, would even look like. A Project Wear Aura, whatever they want, whatever they would call it. I imagine it would have to be pretty big to be able to hold something like that. Uh, we're, we're talking like 20, 20, 50, like, <laughs> but when computing finally gets that small, I suppose. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be like a permanent thing when you stick it into your phone. Like, I'd imagine just having it pretty much the size of an LG G watch and just being able to like pop off the screen. But like the screen also contains all of the circuitry underneath for the, you know, the storage and what have you. Mm -hmm. And then when you pop it into the phone, you know, the phone has the RAM and the processor already. So you don't need to take that with you. You know, you keep all that stuff in the watch and then just take the, you know, the removable stuff and then being able to, I don't know. It's just, again, five minutes now I've been thinking about this. So, but yeah. I, I can't imagine it would be that big if they did it right. I mean, some of those modules are pretty, you know, freaking small. It's not like these things are the size of coffee tables. True. And honestly, that, that, uh... Uh, even in under five minutes, that already sounds like a pretty well hashed out idea. Uh, it's just a matter of obviously the R&D. Um, but let's, let's talk about a, a smartphone here, Joe. What's the one module you got to have on the back of that phone? Um, or the front, if you want to talk about the display. That, that's a really good question. Um, given what I do with my Android devices, I would want the best 
conceivable CPU slash GPU, either combination or individually. And I actually hope that's something they do is separate them and allow us to upgrade our, our GPU and CPU separately because that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, just like a desktop. But I would want the, the best of the best in there because if there's anything I can't stand, it's game lag, especially on Android where you can't just like turn down the graphics on most games to get the frame rates up. Mm. So, you know, like uh, I was playing um, like Riptide GP2 on my Note 3 and it stuttered once and I almost threw the damn thing against the wall <laughs> because I was like, no, you're a Note 3. You do not do that to me. So that that's what I would do. You're uh, a you're a stutter Nazi. That's why. Like it's just like the moment you see like a little bit of stutter on like a like a touch whisk thing. Like no nope, worst <laughs> worst thing ever. <laughs> I say I can handle it in the UI. It's not so bad. But you know in games it's like ah oh, come on for real. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, I agree there definitely. Um, how about uh, Feisty over there? What's what's the one thing you need to have on the back of your aura? I would actually like a full. I.O. panel. I want USB ports. I want HDMI out. Wow. I want, you know. Of course, that's what Feisty says. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's tough sometimes. A lot of these phones that, you know, they just, they don't connect to anything. You know, sometimes a physical connection is nice to have. And for me, that's a major disadvantage to a lot of Android devices. Now, again, you wouldn't want to use that all the time, and certainly when you're on the go, it doesn't much matter. But, you know, I spend most of my time at the house, you know, sitting at the office, and connecting to the stereo is important. Connecting to a, an external monitor is very important to me. There you go. That was what I was going to ask. So what, exactly, what, what things exactly are going to be uh, connecting to here? And you said the monitor and stereo and whatnot. But if you have, like, a full panel with, like, I, with, like USB ports and whatnot, are you transferring data back and forth a lot? Or is, is that what the idea is there? Uh, well, there is some data. Of course, we do a lot of screenshots and having to transfer those, but I mean, wireless is easy enough for those. Uh, uh, specifically, I think of the media. I'm always listening to music. Uh, I'm surprised you can't even hear it in the background right now. I'm <laughs> which kidding. Phone? I which, turned it off. I turned which phone, it off. Is, which phone is, uh, is playing that right now? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I find the LG devices are, have some fairly decent. I would love high fidelity. That would be very nice. Um, and there again would be another chip that I would want to go with that is, uh, you know, I, I don't want just plain old MP3 playback. I want some high-end lossless audio. Flack, right? Well, I get a lot of flack over that. No, sorry, bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Puns um, are punny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting you bring up the audio part because r really the... One of the modules that you're going to be having to put on the back of there might be a speaker grill, for example. And what I noticed, at least on the front of these, is um, you know this ecosystem is going to take on an identity of its own. Uh, there's really only room for a, for a screen up front. You can't really find space for like a boom sound speaker front facing, um, you know. Unless I'm wrong. Uh, that's actually uh, looking at the uh, skeleton. They did design it so you could have a smaller screen on there that you could have room for. Actually, that was in oh. one of the early presentation slides, so it is possible. Okay. Who knows what they're going to put on the front, though. But that I'm going to save that for, for, for after we hear from Grushy because I it's, it's great that you said that because I really... That's where I would put one of my most wanted modules. But I'll, I'll get into that after we hear what Grushy's aura would look like. Well, what's the one module you got to have? Wait, hold on one sec. Before, uh, before Grushy starts, I know exactly what module Feisty wants on the back of his phone. Ah. A whole second phone. 
Perfect. Have one no, phone. Yeah, have one phone, turn the damn thing over, and there's a whole nother phone with fresh stuff right there. Brilliant. Nice. <laughs> I can buy Aces. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, right. that's true. All right, sorry, Gresh, bud. Go ahead. Oh, it's all good. Um, let's see. Uh, maybe a taser? <laughs> hey, we're thinking outside of the box a little bit. Why not? <laughs> Who doesn't want a taser? No, oh, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, for me, batteries, uh, the more battery life, the better. Coming from a Nexus 5 and having to carry around tons of uh, external battery packs oh, all God. the time. I mean, I, I think I had like four at CES. Um, oh, I remember, yeah. That was yeah, cool. I had them like everywhere. I kept plugging them in. And so coming from that, uh, batteries would be very important to me. But, you know, just thinking outside of myself, uh, you know, I just wanted to make the point. Uh, some of the stuff I could – this was just floating around my head when we were talking – uh, just stuff for like health too, like a, a glucose monitor, for example, you yes. know, built into the phone. Oh, that would you know, be great. Thinking, you know, that would be awesome. A man after you know, my own heart. Greshi knows. I am that's, a... that's why, yeah, that's where it came, kind of thought. Greshi's kissing up to me right now, man. No, it just kind of popped into my head. I was like, <laughs> hey, that would be kind of cool, you know? Listeners, for those of, for those of you who do not know already, I've said this many times on our channel on YouTube, uh, I am a type two diabetic, so I have been very much into the health portion of Android as of late. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, definitely, I'm in full agreement on that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, just all those kind of sensors. You know, there's all sorts of health sensors that can be built in. You know, people who have special, you know, who either have special health needs or special education. You know, there's a lot of room for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like a glucose meter. I'm trying to think of what some other ones would be, like a like a legit heart rate monitor. But, I mean, yeah. you can't really well, yeah, do that. Yeah, something that's not the cheap little, yeah, junky ones that Samsung gives us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no one said like fingerprint monitor, I mean fingerprint scanner rather, or anything like that. Um, but iris yeah, scanner. I, an iris scanner that would be so tight. But you have to turn the phone around and then look into True. it. True. Yeah, they'd have to have room on the front for that or something, you know. Yeah, definitely. But I love. I think. I think you. You won with taser though. I feel. Yeah, like. a taser would be awesome. I mean, who doesn't want a taser? Just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just imagine like some like twenty-one-year-old like club hopping like girl like walking out of a, a club like hold on Becky this guy's following me and turn her phone around and just jab a guy in the ribs with it like, <laughs> turn yeah, back that's... around talk to her again but you know who'd be like dude spies spies would be able to like do all kinds of really awesome stuff with Project O it'd be the James Bond phone exactly you have like a laser that can cut things and like you go to take a picture and it shoots pepper spray stuff like that didn't like, they have a taser phone one time though wasn't it like the matrix phone like when there they, is like, a taser phone i'm trying to remember that was a while back i remember covering that yeah it yeah was, there was one actually it, it was the phone from the matrix wasn't it the second matrix i'm trying to remember the the you know the matrix the movie right and then mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> there was really a, there was an iphone case though or something or it was some i think it was an iphone case that really exists that had a taser built into it yeah oh. that i remember reading about a while back okay well that's fine so yeah. it's been done technically mm. um batteries grushy that you mentioned um one, one report that i that i read was saying that when you're able to take out when when, when the battery gets down low um this the skeleton or rather the the the, the, the actual driver cpu of the of the project rfone will be able to draw power from the battery that's about to die so that you have enough time to remove it and then put another one in yep um that sounds pretty awesome i just gotta say but i mean it's just another okay one day we're gonna talk about this i'm sure it's gonna be a friday debate topic but i'm really getting sick of all of these different workarounds that all these companies have when really the main problem we have is batteries are really not where they should be right now it's like the one piece of a phone that hasn't really evolved over the last. Or they're at, 
or they're too worried about thinness, you know, and, uh, you know, not that we want brick phones, but I think most of us would be willing to sacrifice a little bit of space for a bigger battery. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, you know, across the the blogger industry where they say like, oh, the biggest problem with Android is the, you know, the OEM skins or the biggest problem with Android or the cameras aren't as good as iOS. I'm like, no, the biggest problem with Android and the one that everybody complains about is the fact that these things die after 16 hours, mm-hmm. you know, with, with pretty mean, like two hours. If you have a Nexus, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> a one year old Nexus, I can imagine that. Yeah. The battery's oh. not so, yeah, it's not so hot anymore. It's starting to it's starting to have lots of issues. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I love my Nexus 5, but it's starting to have some problems. I mean, I remember the Galaxy Nexus was so bad that Sprint was oh, giving God. out... Ex- they were giving out extended batteries for free. Like, <laughs> I, like, I got one. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, you can have this extended battery for free. And they just sent it and it fit in the original shell and everything. Like, But, that you know, I totally agree. Like, you know, a lot of people have a lot of problems with Android. But the, the biggest problem that everybody has is, hey, this battery sucks. Yeah. Like, no matter, like, I have an NVIDIA Shield. I got it four days ago. I can kill the thing in 10 hours flat. And it's got, like, I think it's over 5,000 milliamp hours in the batteries. I think it's even larger than that. And I can still kill it in 10 hours. And that's just, it's absurd. Yeah. I can imagine people with uh, with Aura phones having a specific pocket in their bag with just a bunch of battery modules. Like, that would be me. <laughs> we need a module that actually will accept all of the other different types of batteries. You know, we've all got the extra batteries from our previous phones and previous lives, and you know, be able to use those instead of having to buy new ones would be nice. That'd be kind of cool, that, actually. That would be kind of yeah, cool. It's really a fat. It's a fat module to be able to put in like a D battery or like, <laughs> <laughs> like a night oh, well, battery. Off to Kickstarter we go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, I guess for me, uh, what I was going to say was, um, yeah, the, the module that I would really want would be on the front. And that's because I have been very, very open about the fact that I miss old form factors. And one of them happens to be the phone that has a frigging keyboard. I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because back when we were at CES, now this is going to be a little bit controversial, but I was actually saying that I was very close to just going to a local store and picking up the new BlackBerry. Because I, I had the original BlackBerry Bold because that keyboard was just amazing back in the day. And now they have a newer version. And I can talk about BlackBerry right now because you can sideload Android on there. So, okay. So I'm not really betraying everybody right now. But really, that, that keyboard is kind of compelling to me. And uh, like I was telling the guys right before our podcast, I actually <laughs> am about to go through a full review process and uh, vlog about my, my adventures with the original Google phone, the G1. And this is the one where the screen literally slid out of the way, <laughs> and there was a full QWERTY keyboard. Um, if I could get a screen like that on my Aura phone, I would love that. But um, if I could maybe maybe put a little bit of uh, a little bit of space on the bottom in order to put like a full QWERTY keyboard on there, um, let's just say of BlackBerry <laughs> quality, then I think that would be really great. Oh, I wouldn't um, even... yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say uh, on the subject of like the hinging screens. Uh, did any of you guys ever use the HTC G2, the the successor to the G1? Mm-hmm. Right, it had that really unique like Z hinge that like you know. It, yeah, it was kind of odd. Could you imagine that like on a Project Aura phone being able to have like a whole second row of modules that you could just slide out and pop back in? Oh man, like, that would be crazy. Take, yeah, take the keyboard <laughs> out and just have a whole second row of, of all the of more module space. I know uh, Josh was talking about the screen that literally slid out of the way, and I was like. What if you just put more modules behind it, like, and still have the screen just kind of slide over? And I mean, that phone would be the size of a Bible, but 
you know, <laughs> it would be interesting, I think. Yeah, you know, our phones are getting big enough as it is, you know, and I really don't imagine that there aren't going to be people out there who, who just stack on stack on stack modules, you know. And um, who knows, maybe people, maybe like Vicey said, Kickstarter, let's just get over to Kickstarter and someone's going to make a module that will add another panel for modules or something like that. Um, I think yeah, it's that kind of, of openness of modules that will kind of make or break the, the emerging markets. Mm -hmm. I think of China, for example, and this may be a bad example and I'm going here, but uh, you look at all of the copyright violations that, that happen in China. and. I think that would be a huge, huge, uh, major factor for, you know, Project Ara moving forward. Uh, we can get 3D printed modules here. You can get the Verizon logo. You can get a picture of your kitten, your puppy, your child. Uh, but I imagine that over in a lot of the Asian markets, uh, you would get the Hello Kitty modules. You would get uh, appropriately the Transformer modules, and and I think those could. You know, again, the openness and to be able to downgrade maybe the specifications to bring the price down, but but that kind of personalization I think will go big in a lot of those markets. I do agree. Uh, yeah, there might even be modules that are just made to look. You know, it's like, yeah, the, they actually have talked about that a little bit. Plus, uh, they're going to make it so you can pretty much customize like any module. You can have the back customized. You know, the, make it different. What have, what did they refer to that to as again? A shell, the shell, right? The shell for the module, or what? I'm trying to remember. Well, yeah, they're. The shell is the, or the frame, or the uh, endoskeleton is the actual thing that all the pieces go into. I can't remember exactly what they're called. I yeah. think they just call them modules. There's no name for the actual module. I'm trying to. I, I, I swear I saw this term where there, there was there. It's it's three things. It's the it's the exoskeleton, the module, and then the thing that goes on top of the module to give it its look. Mm. That was that was the part I couldn't. I can't remember what the the term was, and, um, but. In any case, I, I do completely agree that that's going to happen one day. I, it's only a matter of time before something like this is going to turn into a commercialization type of deal. and um, Which, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, you guys got me thinking. Uh, as far as, if they're having Kickstarter and all these places, people throwing out modules, Google's probably going to have to, if they're going to make this work, they're probably going to have to have some kind of like DRM or, you know, some kind of like digital rights management that, you know, only ones that have been approved by Google will work because or else Android's not going to be able to handle all that, you know? Dun, dun, dun. Unless and that's kind have of to. what I was getting at. Though, was, they're uh, going to have to, yeah. 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 If it goes through Google and everything has to be, so to speak, DRM'd or approved for copyright decency. But will that limit I, things? I think it'll really block things, especially in the emerging markets. You know, if, if you look at... A, you know, Disney properties. Uh, you know, you go to the Disney store and you buy a baseball cap. It's got Mickey on the top. You pay a premium for that. And a premium is exactly the opposite of what these emerging markets need. Yeah. And those companies are going to be the ones who will be able to mark it up. Like, that's, that's, uh, you, you pay a little bit more for something that's got Mickey's face on it or, God forbid, Frozen. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, just, you gotta pay just a little bit more to just have that branding on there. And then, you know, it's, it's not a topic we have to get into right now, but, you know, just imagine what Aura would look like for kids and, you know, what all of these parents are going to have to deal with in order to create these phones that their kids will enjoy using because of what is on top of them, the branding and all of the, 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 the stuff that these companies do to them to make them more, let's say, kid-friendly. But the same would go for even adults. Like what, uh, imagine somebody with like um, logos on the back or just, just any company could probably make just their own ways of making some, of, of creating a module or whatever cover goes on top of it. And it's, um, 
it's it's uh it, it, Project R I think to me is going to be a very nice way of shaking up the system. But whereas originally, I don't know if everyone remembers this, but originally this was a was it Indiegogo or was it Kickstarter that this originally was? Um, it Project was. Uh, yeah, no, Project no. Before Project Aura, there was a company that was. Oh, you are talking about Phone Blocks? Phone Blocks, there it is. Uh, they were <laughs> just basically they had a concept idea, uh, and then uh, Motorola, because they were the ones that were behind this originally. Uh, they came out and talked to Phone Blocks, said, "Hey, actually, we have this. We've been working on this for a while," and uh, they weren't going to announce uh, Project Aura until, you know, I think it was still six months or so out from being announced. But since uh, Phone Blocks had already given them the perfect introduction, basically they started teaming up and since then phone blocks has been basically working with uh uh google now since you know motorola is no longer part of google uh and uh they've been doing a lot of updates they, they you know you go to their site and they'll have all these updates for what you know motorola i mean sorry google is doing with project ara and so yeah it started with phone blocks but it wasn't it wasn't like an open source project it was just more like a concept they were like hey this is what we think would be cool oh. and they wanted to get people interested in the idea they were trying to generate and that's why like i remember when we first covered covered this we were like that's a pipe dream that will never happen but then all of a sudden motorola came out and said hey we're doing it it was like wow okay i guess this can happen true and what came with it was the backing and also all the pitfalls of being part of a of mm-hmm. a huge corporation is what i'm trying to say yeah. and uh you know it's uh it would be really interesting to see where this comes out do you guys think that um i mean if it's going to come out in puerto rico then what's to stop any of us even from just getting one from there and <laughs> going straight to the source and go ahead and do like a preliminary review on it i'm sure a lot of people on the outlets and media outlets are going to go ahead and find a way to get it from oh, puerto sure. rico you know and i'm sure you know, uh, who, uh, we're gonna get our we're gonna get a pretty good look at it here in 2015, I think. eBay for the win. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I'm I'm sure they'll probably be pretty tight on the regulations, like you know, kind of like they were with Google Glass. You're not technically supposed to resell it. You know, I'm sure they'll do some of that. Yeah, definitely. You know, but that it won't stop people from getting their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess um, I guess the final question that I want to pose here, because we live in a world right now in the smartphone, let's say Android space where we basically have the incumbent, is the way we'll, we'll say it. All of these big companies that are here, Samsung, LG, and whatnot, do you think that creating an ecosystem like a Project Aura ecosystem is going to change the way that all of these companies move forward with the way that they create smartphones? Or do you think this is going to be, in a, there's going to be a mass adoption of this type of, uh, this type of ecosystem? Um, I think it's gonna be the, <clears throat> sorry, little phlegm there. Um, I think that OEMs are probably going to end up manufacturing parts for Aura, assuming it does get a hold in, you know, in the mobile industry. Because that can be, you know, that could be a savior for some. Like, you know, uh, Samsung is on the fall, uh, according to their sales numbers. HTC's, you know, been down so many times, it's like they got mud stomped or something. <laughs> and, you know, a, a HTC, you know, manufacturing parts for Project Aura could be another way for them to get back into the mobile industry without having to come out with a phone that beats the iPhone or a Samsung phone in sales every year. So, um, and I know that that was something that was, I, I think it was vaguely discussed when this whole thing first started happening was, you know, that, that there were going to be uh, OEMs that, you know, bought into the Project Aura premise. And I think that's something that's going to happen if Project Aura starts taking off. You know, there's just another way of getting revenue for them. 
Mm, okay. Uh, Feisty, you don't think that we're going to see like a, like a Samsung modular phone anytime in the future? Do you think that they're, they're, they're going to be like how Joe said, they're just going to create the parts and kind of sort of piggyback on the success of this ecosystem, hopefully if it is successful? Am I allowed to say yes and no? Okay, explain. Uh, so, well, okay, getting the humor out of the way, talking, you use the name Samsung, and who knows what they're going to build. Like, they might build six different versions. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> uh, Project teasing. Oh, no! <laughs> I can certainly see a lot of the companies getting involved in it and possibly putting out a module or two. Um, but I actually think that Project Ara will work backwards. Um, we're going to see the third-party people come in with some great ideas for modules. And then the Samsung's HTC's and stuff are going to not build their own module versions, but just build these things into their own phones. I think that's kind of where it'll go. Hmm. So a bit of a mixture of the two. Oh, be, Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. What if what if there's a uh, what if what if a phone came out that just had one little area for one module that you can change in and out to just add something to what is already existing? Um, that might be one way of looking at it. Um, Grushy. Uh, yeah, uh, they both uh, both Joe and uh, Feisty made some really good points. Uh, I don't think that it it comes down to how successful it is, but uh, yeah, there's going to be copycats. In fact. Uh, None of you may know this, uh, and some of you might. Uh, there already is a copycat project in the works uh, from ZTE called the uh, Ecomobus, I believe it's called. Say and, that one more uh, time. It's called uh, it's ZTE's, I believe it's Ecomobus, I think Ecomobus. it's, or Mobus. I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation of okay. it. But it's ZTE's take on Project Aura, and it's they haven't shown really much. They just talked about it, basically. And so you're going to see, I think you're going to see the, the Chinese companies uh, make clones uh, if they think that they can push this, especially if it starts taking off in the emerging markets. You don't think China, these Chinese companies are going to want to get a piece of that pie, <laughs> and they're not going to want to work together. They don't. Uh, and so you're going to see, you're going to see all of them. You're going to see Oppo, you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see Huawei, you're going to see all these companies making their clones. I don't think the big boys, Samsung, LG, I don't think they will initially. Uh, I could see them getting involved with modules, but I don't know if they'd want to do that because that would dilute from, you know, their core stuff. I, I believe that Feisty has the right angle. I could see them taking, you know, hey, this module's really cool. Let's throw this on our phone. You know, I see them taking that route more. And actually, uh, Josh, you made a good point. I could see there being, you know, where they control it, say, hey, okay, well, there's one little area where you can, we have 15 different things you can swap into that one spot. Yeah. You know? You can have either a heart rate monitor or a fingerprint scanner, or exactly, or you know, <laughs> an extra battery or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I could see, you know, I could see that, but I don't, I don't see Samsung or any of the the bigger players getting involved. But I do see that the, I do see the Chinese and even the Indian companies. Uh, I do see them jumping in, uh, especially if it proves successful in the emerging market. Yeah, definitely. And if there's anywhere that you're seeing some real. I guess maybe maybe the word is not quite innovation. Maybe that word is a little strong. But if you want to see some real creativity, then yeah, we have seen quite a bit coming out of the Chinese market. I agree with that. Um, I also think I, what what I was thinking was, what if the exoskeleton was created by a particular manufacturer that brought with it certain features that you then added onto with the modules that more or less are interchangeable, no matter what skeleton you have. I think uh, it would be hard to uh, convince uh, the man, you know, Samsung and all the other manufacturers to uh, play nice to one standard because what's in it for them? You know, yeah. they won't be able to control it. Uh, they won't be able to decide what modules work, what don't. 
I, I don't think they would, uh, just like carriers, I don't think they're going to want to play ball to that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, I, I do agree with you there. It's kind of a cynical point of view, but I really do think that it has a lot of merit. Sorry, well, yeah, Grushy, I mean, you were... I would were... to think that they could all come into one standard. I mean, I guess they've done it in the PC industry to an extent. Perhaps. You know? yeah. What were you saying, Feisty? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Grushy is saying that uh, these guys are not likely to play well together. Is Google the competition? Are they going to play nice with Project R in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was one of the points I, I brought up way earlier at the beginning was, you know, having Android, you know, work in such a manner that, you know, you can do the hot swapping and all that stuff. Um, if it were built to do that... Um, what exactly could Google do to stop them from not playing nice? You know, because it, it, it would, you know, Android would boot and work on anything as long as the drivers were already in there. So, you know, it wouldn't matter whether or not they wanted to play nice because the software would already be compatible, you know, just, just like Windows is or just like Linux is. You know, you could, yeah. you know, if you could install, if you could install it on anything, then, you know, you don't need anybody to play nice. It's just there for people to use whenever. Which is, like I said earlier, that's why it's, it's going to be a logistics nightmare. Uh, I'm not for sure how they're going to regulate it, but Google's going to figure out a way to keep them from doing certain things. And it's that's where I think it's going to run to a lot of what make or break is how, they're, how they handle it, how they work with manufacturers, how they work with module developers. We've seen a little bit, and Google's been very open with this project so far, but uh, it's just, uh, it's really a, a massively ambitious project. I'm still not convinced that it's feasible long term. I, I know it's coming out soon, technically, but as far as truly getting out in large numbers, I don't know. I still think it's quite a ways off. Yeah, I think I think really that's that's a good that's a good point on uh, consensus. There is like we we got to see it in the wild first before we can make any real judgments on it. But obviously, speculation is speculation, and that's exactly what we do here at the Friday debate. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, we, we're, we're, uh, we're discussing Project Aura here, and I just wanted to open up the panel one last time before we went ahead and said goodbye to our, our listeners here. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of this podcast. All of our guys over here, Andrew, Joe, and John, um, any last thoughts on Project Aura in general? Um, no. <laughs> Sorry, it's almost 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm brain dead right now. <laughs> Perfectly fine. We did, like I said, talk the ears off of this thing, so I'm sure that uh, if we didn't have any, that's perfectly fine. How about you guys, Andrew and John? I think we're headed in the right direction here. Uh, you know, Project R, it looks like it's going to be a, a lot of fun, if nothing else. Uh, certainly the, the modular design and the, the ability to get in at hopefully a lower price point and then build it up from there and and survive through upgrades, you know, bring in the new processors so that you can support, you know, the newer operating systems and you know, hopefully keep that exoskeleton through a few different iterations of Android. I, I think it's along the right tracks. Uh, I just, as Grushy said, I think the logistics might kill this poor thing. Yeah. Grushy? Um, you know, basically what Feisty said, uh, I feel that... Uh, they're heading in the right direction. I think it's a really ambitious project. At one point, I wasn't for sure if they could do anything with it. And they're getting there. Uh, they're heading in the right direction. But I think that uh, I, I, on one hand, the PC industry has been doing this forever. And it's been working. But uh, Android's a whole different ballpark. And I'm just not convinced that without some massive work, I think we're not there. Uh, you know, maybe by the 
you know, three or four iterations of Android from now, maybe they will develop that. But I think we're still five years off before Aura could really be what it needs to be. A game changer, as it were. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just going to be one of those little, hey, cool, did you hear that they're doing this with Aura? But as far as any major, you know, adoption from anyone, it'll be a while. Okay. Now, I just had a thought, actually, if I may. Um, uh, We're thinking of Project Aura so much as a, you know, as a phone, as a personal device that sits in our pocket, so to speak. uh, there's always room in the industrial part of the world where a module isn't, so to speak, a, a little tiny piece, but it's a full robotic arm on an assembly line. Um, I think there could be room for, for Project Ara as a, a tool, as the operating system and, and brains for commercial robotics. Oh, that is a nifty idea, you know, just attaching the screen to the robot, giving it some commands, you know, unattaching it so no one else can mess with it or anything. That's a cool thought. That's yeah, a cool thought. That's yeah, that's definitely really cool. We're always looking at things from a consumer perspective, but obviously, a, a lot of what has been good for us as consumers has been brought into uh, many work-related, industrial, even let, let's say um, uh, well, private sector areas as well. Project Tango is a good example of that. You know, they're putting it. You know, they've been working with NASA and putting it in. You know, robotics in NASA, and so yeah, you know, he, he makes a good point. They've been doing it with Project Tango, Google's other. You know, and so. Yeah, there's definitely room outside of the consumer field for it, too. Absolutely. So even if Project Aura doesn't necessarily take off, as it were, for, for people like us, it could find a home in plenty of other places. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, and with that, we'll go ahead and close the book on this particular topic for this week. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Friday Debate Podcast by Android Authority, our first episode. So for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, which is pretty much all of you because this is our first episode, thank you so much for being there with us. I want to extend a quick thank you to all of our hosts. And I will also say, if you want to find Andrew Grush on AndroAuthority.com, you can find his writing all over the place. And as lead editor, he does have his hand in a lot of bowls for a lot of people who are writing the content for our website you can find jonathan feist on twitter at jfeist1 j-f-e-i-s-t-1 and if you want to find some really random pontifications you can go over to joe hindi's uh twitter that is (laughs) at that joe hindi that is all three words put together spelled the way you think that joe hindi h-i-n-d-y you can find me at josh salutes as you may know already and you can also find me on instagram and you can probably find our other guys on instagram and you can find those links down in our description if you are watching this on youtube or if you are on itunes or stitcher where you will find this podcast currently we're working on other syndications of course and it's only a matter of time before we'll get there discuss all of our topics at our android authority forums and don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel android authority of course remember everybody that we are your source for all things android and thank you very much for watching and listening to the friday debate podcast see you guys next week